Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bear Claw Podcast right here on FFSN Fans First Sports Network. My name is Joey Christopoulos. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy. It's the middle of June, so let's talk Chicago Bears football. Let's bring in my co-host who I'm here with every single week. Let's bring in him. He's coming to us live from Atlanta. He's got a Cubs hoodie on right now. He's feeling the baseball summer vibes. It's Vincent Saunders. What's up, Vincent? What's going on, G? What's happening? Nothing much, man. We're going to dive into it today. We're going to talk a little fantasy football running backs. We're going to talk a little defensive line and uh, and see where it goes. Let's bring in our other co-host here today. He is on. He's a traveling man. Uh, he's going to be reporting to us from all different sp- spots in Chicago right now, calling to us from the scars. Quentin Maddox. What's up, Quentin? How you feeling? I'm feeling all right, man. I'm feeling good. Let's get into the show here today. Uh, we're going to talk a little fantasy football running backs. That's going to be the meat on the menu. But let's do a little uh, appetif, if you will. Uh, Vincent, we're going to hit you off with this one first here. Uh, God, where as the Chicago Bears stadium turns, uh, where will it be this week? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Where in the world will the Chicago Bears play football? Uh, this week, it's Waukegan. Um, I, I'm going to cede the floor to you, my friend. Uh, when I heard about this, I think when Quentin heard about this, we laughed. Uh, but I want to get your take about the Chicago Bears meeting about possibly moving to Waukegan, Illinois. Yeah, man. Uh, Waukegan has entered the chat, right? Uh, in our last episode, we talked a lot about how Naperville slid into Kevin Warren's business DMs and, uh, you know, made themselves available to be the future home for the 2026 Super Bowl champs. Um since then, the new mayor of Chicago, uh, Brandon Johnson, slid into those same DMs with the Hey Big Head text talking about, you know, hey, don't forget about us. Um, judging from their joint press conference, it seems like they're still just filling each other out. You know, we're we're talking, but we're still open to talking to other people, you know, that type of situation. Uh, but today, June 13th, while Keegan threw his hat, threw his hat in the mix. Uh, most what kind, what kind of hat? Real quick, what kind of hat is that? What, is, what, what kind of hat is Waukegan? Is this like a trucker hat? Uh, I, this... Yeah, it's, def, it's definitely a trucker hat. Def, def, definitely got the brim really folded in together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a Waukegan hat. hat. <laughs> <laughs> it might might be. <laughs> uh, but like you said, like you you know you as you alluded to, you and Q, you roll your eyes harder than hard, harder at this than you did at the Neighborville news. Because I mean. Waukegan, it, it means a lot of different things to Chicagoans. It's not even a real suburb of Chicago, not in Cook County. I don't even think you really consider it a part of Chicagoland, right? Um, so it's it's like it's like oh. taking the Bears away too far too far away. But moving to East St. Louis. Right. Yeah, it's like it's not even in Chicago. It's not even Chicago anymore. Yeah, take him down to Carbondale while we're at it. We'll take him down to Carbondale. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that's a really interesting, that's an interesting analogy, Vincent, because, yeah, it is almost a little bit like Kevin Warren and the Bears um, had a high school sweetheart and its name was Arlington Heights. But now uh, Arlington Heights is going to go to college for a little bit. And now uh, Kevin Warren and the Bears are on Tinder 
And this week, it's Waukegan. Um, I don't know the land, uh, the land where stray dogs go to uh, to to flourish. Anyways, uh, Quentin, uh, what's your take on Waukegan? I I don't. I this see this feels like a non-starter to me. What say you? I don't know what to make of it. I'm uh, I'm I'm not going to Waukegan for Bears games. I'm not. I'm not doing. Like I said, you might as well move to East St. Louis. Or, no, well, Keegan is, is is a no for me on my list of uh, place ideal places for the Bears. You know, to me, it's it's the city, Naperville, or uh, or Arlington Heights. I, I can't see Waukegan. What's in Waukegan? I feel like Joe Kim know who goes to who goes to Waukegan. <laughs> yeah. So Vincent, I feel like you got a, a little counter in you. Uh, I want to throw it at you and phrase it to you like this: where I completely. On its face, I completely understand what the Chicago Bears are doing, right? And we talked about this a little bit last week of when uh, a place like Arlington Heights wants to charge a property tax that is something like 300% the value of what the actual acreage, uh, the proportion of the acreage is. Um, They're trying to get the right kind of deal. So when you do that, you often go around and create leverage by looking at other places to possibly uh, build a stadium. Um, But, you know, does this feel like, does this feel real to you? That's the thing is you can go around and you can talk to whoever you want on the planet Earth about, oh, we might move here. But when it comes to places like Naperville and Waukegan, I mean, does this really feel real to you? And, and Arlington Heights has to be simply just calling their bluff on this. I, if you would have asked me this at the beginning of the whole uh, situation started, I'd have told you Arlington Heights was a uh, was a leverage bluff for Chicago. And then coming back to Naperville and going back to Chicago, they're all the same in the same scope. Uh, leverage leverage plays but Waukegan you know it's in Lake County that's where a lot of uh athletes live past and present most famous being Michael Jordan he lived in uh what's that Highland Park which is you know just south of Waukegan Waukegan's right next door to Six Flags so it's not a commute that's you know foreign to anybody in that part of Illinois uh, it's a lot of land of development, like you said, it's not a lot out there for the most part. So they got a lot of land to re- to develop right off the lakefront. Lake Forest is only what 15, 20 minutes away from uh uh um Waukegan. So it's right down Sheridan Road. It's it's got an argument. It's got an argument. The only the worst thing about Waukegan is doesn't have the uh it, it's not close to uh um the airport. You don't really have a good, uh, a good, you know, like Arlington Heights. Arlington Heights is like a stone's throw away from O'Hare. If you wanted to well, build yeah, what's, this whole what's the pu- thing. What's the public trans? What's the public trans to get out you there? Got, it's right off our inter- Interstate 94. It's right off Interstate 94. Well, I Hawaii. know, but like, but, but is there a train? Uh, Metro is right there. Metro take you right, right into the heart of Waukegan. Okay. Um, the, the, like I said, the worst thing about, you know, Waukegan's, uh, their, their argument if you wanted to build this whole, you know, sprawling thing that attracts, you know, um, conventions or final fours or concerts, anything like that, you're going to, it's going to be a bear to go from O'Hare, Midway, or however you get into the city to get to Waukegan. You got to drive, you got to drive straight into the city and then make a V back out to, you know, back out to where North Waukegan is. It's, it's a pain. So that's the that's the biggest argument for Arlington Heights. Like I say, Arlington Heights maybe like 10, 10 minutes from O'Hare, um, and they've already got a lot of uh, development out there. No, that's a great point, man. And anyone south of Eighth, you know where the loop pretty much ends mm-hmm. to Waukegan, 
I don't know. Forget about it. Like it's a really, it. it's a, it's a tough. It's a no, dude. It's just a real. That's a really, really tough track. And then that's a tough track coming home at four o'clock in the afternoon after a noon game. Um, you know, this is going to continue to develop. I think we just like to talk about it because it is important for Bears fans to know that this is something that that you know is going to be happening and coming down the pipe in the next couple of years, whether it is Arlington Heights or somewhere else. It still feels like it's Arlington Heights, but the Bears continue to do their due diligence looking around town. Um, let's move it over to. Uh, the roster, just really quick before we get to our running back position. Um, you know, we've been talking about it for a long time. Chicago Bears need pass rush um, for those uninundated uh, 20 sacks last year as a team. Jaquan Brisker is your safety. He leads the team in sacks. We obviously, we need more help with the position. We drafted two guys in the second and the third round. But look, we need some actual veteran presence there on that line. Chicago Bears, to this point, have not done it. We're at the point right now in the season where, or in the offseason, excuse me, where guys like Frank Clark, Leonard Floyd are signing deals. They're signing deals anywhere between 5 to $7 million for one year. Chicago Bears have $32 million in cap space right now, so they have plenty of room to bring in somebody. And as the days continue to come off the calendar, we get closer to minicamp, we're getting closer to training camp, the Bears still have not done it. So, Quentin, I'm going to ask you, simple, um, are the Bears actually going to make a move on the defensive line and over under August 1st, will it happen? I'm going to lean towards no. I think Pose is going to give uh, the young guys a chance to prove themselves. And I, I think we're going with Dominique Robinson and uh, Gibson. I think that's what it's going to be. Vincent, man, uh, weigh in on this a little bit. Let's just uh, let's let's string out Quentin's theory uh, or his belief that it doesn't happen. If it doesn't happen, um, you know, how devastating or how detrimental do you think this can be to a Bears season where they're trying to make some improvements on a 3-14 and 14 team? Oh, well, getting to, the, getting to the quarterback, applying pressure to the, to the opposing team's quarterback is almost, you know, number one if you want to win some games, right? Uh, and as you said, as we've said for weeks on end, this team was dreadful and getting pressure and getting the next guy, getting the quarterback down. If they do not, then I have some serious doubts about, you know, what kind of um, plan we have to compete in the, in the interim. Obviously, I don't think this is a team that's going to, you know, make some noise in the playoffs or do anything like that. But, you know, I expected like a four win uh, increase but if you don't make if you don't make the uh, the proper additions, you know, the right building blocks, how can I expect that? You know, realistically, it's such a weird position to kick the can on, right? It, it feels is. like it's it's a premium position that you know sometimes you could say to yourself, all right, well let's draft a rookie kicker and let's see how it goes, right? Or like mm -hmm. let's just you know let's just see how well, what we did last year. Um, we're gonna kick the can on the wide receiver position. And we're going to focus on a couple other areas of the football team and, and just see what happens. I just here, here's the thing. And, and selfishly, let's talk about it like this in June, right? Um, you, when you cover the bears, when you watch the bears, when you, you know, you soak up all the information, doesn't it get really obnoxious when we, when we just keep hammering on the same thing every single week, like for bears fans, what has it been in the past, right? Every single week it's, the offensive line sucks. The offensive line sucks. In most recent years, it was Matt Nagy sucks. Matt Nagy sucks. Matt, every single week, we're talking about Matt Nagy. 
and, and, and Quentin, man, my biggest fear is that if we don't do anything and we're going to say to ourselves for the second year in a row, hey, we're just going to see if we can develop some players in the defensive line without any actual veteran presence, that every single week we are going to be spending 30% of the time talking about all the positive things that happen in a Bears game, whether it is Justin Fields' development or a young secondary or DJ Moore or whatever it is, but we're going to be spending 70% of our time talking about a dog shit defensive line that can't get to the quarterback anymore. And we're going to be saying to ourselves, well, we could have won this game if blocked, yeah. uh, if, if, if blank, if this is that. And, and you know what? Like, I'm just kind of tired of that, man. Like it's not, I don't think it's an NFL ready defensive line. And I'm not saying if you bring in a guy like a Jadavian Clowney or a Yannick Ngaku or a Robert Quinn or Justin Houston, I'm not saying it gets, you know, to an upper above average, but Quentin, man, it's yeah. got to get to at least average, right? Yeah, um, it's it's definitely a big concern in the defensive line. Um, and I and I'm, I'm with you. Like, um, it, it's definitely a situation that we could harp on week after week, and at the end of the year, when you're fighting for a playoff spot, there's going to be the what ifs. What if we went and signed Clowney or Quinn? You know, give the defensive line a veteran pass rusher that you know knows the ins and outs of getting to the quarterback so it's, it's, it's definitely concerning um i understand pole seems to want to develop his young guys but you the nfl winning is so fleeting getting to the playoffs is not you know it, it's hard to sustain that level of you know uh, uh top end play in the nfl so any chance you get to get, get to the playoffs especially now that we're in a weak division i feel like you got to take advantage of it so I personally would like to see them go after Clowney. I think he's a well-rounded defensive end, and he doesn't he doesn't accumulate the sack numbers, but he does generate pressure. He's good against the run, so I'm in favor of adding one. I, I but I don't think Poe's going to do it. Vincent, so if the Bears, if Ryan Poles keeps the defensive line as is and doesn't make a move, is it then fair? that when the season comes around, whether they produce or not, are we going to then, is it fair to blame Ryan Poles? Or is it probably more fair to blame the head coach, Matt Eberflus? Because I know we keep bringing up Poles in this, right? But there is something to be said about the general manager isn't doing something because he has to have some sort of belief that the coach is going to develop the guys that are already on the roster. So if we don't see that development, is it fair to put some of this on Matt Eberflus? Um, well, I wouldn't, and that, and the reason for that is because I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting some type of, um, upward progression from the guys that we already have on the team. I, I, my, my, um, my expectation for the guys on the team are, are very closer to their basement than it is, you know, to the mid-level or to their ceiling. I'm, I don't think there's, there's much to be had there. So I don't, I definitely wouldn't blame the guy that's coaching them. I would blame the guy who's, who we all expected to bring in top level talent. Now we came into the off season with the most cap available cap room. We came into the, came into the off season with the number one draft pick. We expected this off season to, to produce fruit from this harvest. We, we did all that losing. You don't lose three games in a season and then come into the, come into the next season without a plan to get better. I mean, unless you're just terrible from the top up from the top all the way to the bottom. 
And I do not want to believe that we are terrible from the top to the bottom. I want to believe that there was a there was a plan when we traded Roquan off and got and you know built to build for the future. And if you say that we're not going to invest some of that cap money, you said we had thirty two million available still. We we still have the most cap space available in the NFL. So yeah. as you mentioned, when we started NFL, we had the most. We still have the most. Yeah. Yeah. So. We snoozed on Marcus Golden. He was available. Just just sitting out there. Yaganic Outway, uh Nagakwa, he's sitting out there. Now, now I'm saying if he's a little too old, then fine, whatever. Clayus Campbell might be a little too old, fine, whatever. Clowney might be a little too old, fine, whatever. But they're better than what we got. And they're available. I don't understand what you can't you can't save, you can't take the money with you. What does saving it do for you? Spend it and let's let's get better. Let's start building this, build this culture up. Yeah, I'm not saying that we should do it, but like in theory, like the Bears could sign DeAndre Hopkins, Delvin Cook, and a pass rusher tomorrow. <laughs> and, and, you know what I mean? If they wanted to, I'm not saying that they should. Uh, Quentin, just to follow up on this really quick, you know, where are you? Where are you on Matt Eberflus right now? I feel like that he got a free pass last year, as he probably should have with the roster and being a rookie head coach. Um, this year, personally, I'm I'm going to be looking at him. I think with a more critical eye. Um, and yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying the word hot seat, but how are you going to be viewing Matt Eberflus and how he develops these players, whether Poles brings in guys or not this season? Well, um, despite a three win season, I was actually happy with uh, uh, Eberflus. I felt like we saw the young guys, especially the defensive young guys, really develop. We saw Kyle Gordon get better every week. We saw Brisker um, play well from pretty much the beginning. So um I'm 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 pretty high on Eberflus, but yeah, we're gonna have to see some of the offensive side develop because the offense was other than Justin Fields making terrific plays, there was no fluidity, there was no consistency in the offense other than just Fields legs, you know, and uh, uh some 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 random big plays. So I'm I'm definitely looking at that off off uh offensive side of the ball with a critical idol and I want to see these rookies uh these young defensive players develop because the Bears are they're putting a lot of stock on these young guys they're 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 giving them you know heavy burden so I mean the defensive line is full of young guys so yeah and they got to produce uh they got to produce week one right I mean you know it's, player development yes that, that start, is Eberflus job and, that, and that's the thing with uh, Ryan Poles and Justin Fields Matt Eberflus this whole trajectory is that at some point Wins and losses are going to have to start to matter. I don't think that they mattered last year. I think that we could have a healthy debate, and I think we're going to have one all summer long about how much wins and losses are going to matter this year. I'm leaning a little bit more towards this stuff is starting to matter for me personally. I think I want to know. Yeah, I I think I want to know what it looks like as Matt Eberflus tries to coach a team in the fourth quarter and give them that edge, that advantage. I want to see see Luke Getz make those right play calls. And, and let's be honest right now, I, I if I, I got the thing, I might have the number wrong, but I think Justin Fields right now as a quarterback has a career record of five and 21. Uh, um, yeah. So, okay. So it's just like, I know that that doesn't really tell the full picture, but I know that we love to have fun with Jay Cutler. He was 52 and 52 and all that other stuff. If you're telling me this is another rebuild year and the Chicago bears go, let's just throw out a number six and 11. Uh, you're telling me that Justin Fields is going to go into his contract season 11 and 32 as a career starter. You're telling me that he'd have to become yeah. basically a Hall of Famer just to get back to 500 as a quarterback. 
it's just yeah. not it's optically optically it doesn't look good at some point it's really fun to say hey we're building something and one day we're going to start winning um it's another thing to actually have that expectation and actually have it start happening and, and that's something that i think the chicago bears need to really seriously think about trying to make happen this year and it's a big question with this with this defensive line of can you give us something passable Right. Something passable that we can possibly do. Um, OK, let's move on to our main segment of the week. Uh, we've been hitting the fantasy football side of the Chicago Bears. Now we're going to be hitting up a different position group each and every single week. Last year, last week was our wide receivers. This week is the Chicago Bears running backs um, and an interesting group. I think this is going to be a really fun conversation. Um, Vincent, my man, I want you to go first. And uh, I pulled up some numbers here, so I'm going to reveal them in just a second about where our Chicago Bears rank among the rankings across the NFL right now. Um, but let's just start here out of Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman, Roshan Johnson. Uh, let's just start really simple and work our way backwards. Which running back do you kind of have the most um, the most hope for? Do you think has the most potential fantasy football-wise heading into this season? Uh, oh, that's a complex question. Um Heading into the season, from a drafting perspective, would be Khalil Herbert. Um, but who do I want on my team when the bye weeks start and as the playoffs roll around? If that's the question you're asking me, it's definitely RJ. I definitely want Roshan Johnson on our squad by that time. I definitely feel like I don't think Khalil Herbert and Deontay, uh, Deontay Foreman, I don't think they're the, the – I don't think they're long in the Bears' plans, if you know what them. If 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 I made myself clear, I think Roshan Johnson got got the most talent. I think he's a uh, every down back. I think he can eventually, you know, and, and he's on a cheaper contract. You know, let's not let's not fool ourselves there. That matters in this business, uh, and he's younger at that position. That that uh, that matters even more. I think he's going to end up supplanting both of those and getting starter carries by the by week eight nine. That's my guy. Yeah. I'm 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 with you on that. I got my fingers crossed on that. I, I would be so excited to see that happen. Quentin. So the Chicago Bears have three talented running backs on their team. This is good news for winning football. However, is this bad news for fantasy football? Um I really like Khalil Herbert. However, I I don't think I would draft him. I like Foreman. I, I would not prioritize them in a fantasy draft. If I were to draft any of the Chicago Bears running backs, it would be uh it would be Johnson, because I feel like like Vince alluded to. I think he is on the track to supplant both of them. Um, even though I like Herbert and I like Foreman, uh, neither one of those are Poe's guy. And we've seen Poe hasn't. I don't think he's just, he he hasn't extended or re-signed anybody from the Pace era. Is that correct? Oh, wow. That's a great question. No, I mean, so Eddie Jackson's still on his money. Darnell Mooney's yeah. waiting to get his money. Whitehair still has Cole his Komet's money. Waiting. Cole Komet's still waiting. Um, Man, that's a great question. I think you might be correct, unless we we're missing a Cairo Santos extension or something like that, but I don't think that happened either. I mean, the thing with Herbert is I don't think Herbert's role is going to change much. I think he's still going to be a change of pace guy, and we may or may not see him returning kicks again. I think Deontay Foreman takes the early down role that Montgomery has, but um, I think Johnson eventually supplants both and, and becomes an early down back. Um, I think he has a little receiving skill. See, from, from a fantasy perspective, it would be easier to take a Bears back if one of them were, you know, a receiving specialist out of the backfield. 
Tariq Cohen. You know, when Tariq yeah. Cohen was at his best, he was getting you 70 catches a year. And in the PPR league, he had some value. So the Bears running back room for fantasy, I love him in real life. For fantasy, I would stay away. If I did, it would be a late-round flyer on uh, RJ. Yeah, and you're and hoping that fashion. you're hoping that Roshan Johnson can be that receiving threat again. And as a rookie and his fit in the offense, we can't really predict that or project that out. Yeah, it kind of hurts his fantasy. Especially value. not early in the season. Yeah, Vincent, I just want to let's hone in on Kula Herbert just a little bit here. Um, in terms of fantasy football, uh, Field Yates on ESPN.com currently has him as the 33rd ranked running back. Um, he is right after David Montgomery at 27. Uh, A.J. Dillon is right next to him at 32. Brian Robinson at 34. If you go over to Fantasy Pros, they're almost like Xerox and copying this shit. Uh, Khalil Herbert, the 32nd running back overall. CBS, the 38th running back overall. Rotoballer.com, the 32nd overall uh, running back. And you could probably get him anywhere between the 77th overall pick and the 94th overall pick. So basically, he they're saying he's like a 7th, 8th, maybe even ninth round value for the first running back off the board for the Chicago Bears. Do you like that value for Khalil Herbert? Oh, I love it. I love it. If you're... If you're if you're in the draft and you're still looking for an RB two, or an RB or just a high end flex, flex yeah. that is perfect value because as you said, the number one running back, you know, quote quotations around running back of the child of of a of a whole team, and you're getting them in the seventh, eighth, ninth rounds, where some other teams are drafting their their bench, they're already in their bench by that point. Right, but maybe even somebody's gonna start start drafting their defense, and you're getting a RB two who, who somebody who you may have on your bench who can give you RB two upside. That's the that's that's the key upside. He can give you RB two upside on a in, if he gets the value. The problem, yeah. the question that comes in with him is how much will that other running back take out of him? And when I say other, I mean the guy that's not playing running back who's going to run the ball. Goal line much? carries. That's the that's the big one too, as well. You know what I mean? I'm right there with you. Yeah. So Quentin, like, where are you? Do you like that value for Khalil Herbert in the seventh, eighth, ninth round, uh, especially with the specter of what they're going to try and do in the red zone? Um, I did see him going in about the seventh, eighth round in, in some mock drafts. I didn't really like because Foreman is a big, strong guy, and I could see them. Like Vince said, I can see Fields taking some of those uh, red zone carries, but I can see Foreman getting – Foreman's a big guy. What is Foreman, about 230? And he runs hard. Yeah. So I can see him getting a lot of that goal line work. So I'm I'm scared. I mean, there's some good numbers from Herbert. He, I believe he was among the league leaders in uh, yards for carry last year, 5.8, 5.9. Yeah. I think he had eight carries over 20. So even though he didn't – even though he got hurt, I think he had about 120 carries. Eight of them went for over 20 yards, and I think that was in the top 20 in the league. I mean, his uh, big plays were right around some notable running backs uh, last year. But the the problem with Herbert is I don't know the value he's going to get. And even more concerning, I don't know if he's going to get those carries around the goal line. I mean, he could get vultured by either Foreman or Fields. So. Yeah, carries in general kind of – scares me right i mean just because we haven't seen it before you know in the past iteration of this bears offense it'd be two series for david montgomery one series for khalil herbert um you mentioned those you know eight carries of 20 plus yards that's probably more than david montgomery had 20 plus yards combined for his entire career so i do like 
I do like it, but I mean, I, I mean, Quentin to follow up, Khalil Herbert is like the definition of boomer bust, right? Yeah. I mean, this is what we're talking about here. And I and I, Vincent, I agree with you too as well that I I do like the value, right? Like seventh, eighth, ninth round for a boomer bust running back, um, I can yeah. kind of live with that. If he was like a fourth round guy and you were drafting him, expecting him to get ten to fifteen carries a game and possibly give you you know over a hundred yards and a touchdown and everything like that, um, I don't see that happening at all. So I think his value is right where it needs to be. I'm I I don't know I don't know if I'm pulling the trigger on him though. I, I don't know yeah, I don't know how I excited I am about doing that. No, I wouldn't. I mean, like you said, uh, there's there's the upside. You can make that argument for upside. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm taking you back taking back to your to your rankings. Uh, tier five, like a tier five quarter, a uh, tier five running back. Um, he's around certain certain names like Javante Williams, Brian Robinson, Alex yeah, Madison, Rashad Penny, Jamal Rashad. Williams. I mean, yeah, he's around. He's around all those other guys who are also going to be lead backs. So if you just if you just look at it in in that frame of that tier of who would you rather have? I mean, Khalil Khalil Herbert is on the lower end for me. And if, again, if the clock gets me. I might I might end up with him on my team, or if you know I get snaked out by somebody else. Yeah, we might might have it, but would you rather or have you're, Javante? Yeah, you're a couple you're a couple cocktails in seventh eighth <laughs> round. It's usually when cocktails kick in. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, you know, fantasy is more of a party. It's it's more of a collegial thing than you know just studying and being you know being a nerd about it. You know, oh, you think yeah, cocktails I, I, might get you. I make one cocktail pick a year. I I, <laughs> I send my cocktail up to the board. And he makes the announcement for me, you know what I mean? And takes Marcus Colston <laughs> around too early or something like that. Um, yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so, but here's the interesting thing, right? Is, you know, I, I don't know how excited I am about Khalil Herbert, but Quentin, I, I don't think I have any interest in Deontay Foreman, to be honest with you. Right now, they have him uh, on ESPN. Field Yates has him as the 47th running back available right now, right next to Chuba Hubbard, his former teammate. Uh, Jarrett McKinnon, Zeke Elliott is 50th. Fantasy Pros has him at number 42. CBS has him at 43, number 115 overall. Um, and then Rotoballer has him at 44, 123rd overall. You know, Quentin, um, I, I want to get your take on this because in my opinion, I don't think I'm drafting Deontay Foreman because he feels like a, a lesser version of a handcuff, as in if Herbert gets hurt and we know for certain, until we know for certain Deontay Foreman is like, They'll lead an only back in the backfield. I don't know if I have any fantasy value interest in him. Um, I can agree with that. I was looking at some numbers of Deontay Foreman. I think in his last nine games, he had pretty much identical production that Nick Chubb did. So, I mean, Deontay Foreman is a guy. I picked him up off um, off the free agent pool when Derrick Henry was hurt with the Titans. I and it up. worked out. It worked out, right? Last year. He's been good. productive every time he's gotten a chance. But, again, he's on a one-year deal. He's not part of the long-term plan. If all things are being equal and if everybody is healthy and if everybody is productive, you got a feeling they're going to go with the younger guys and the guys that could be here for longer. They're going to go with RJ. I think Herbert still gets uh, his carry. So the, the it, it, it's more about with Deontay Foreman what's the Bears' plan? And maybe we'll get more clarity around training camp, but right now, yeah, all the Bears running back are a gamble. That's why I would feel more comfortable taking Johnson maybe in, you know, the last couple rounds. He's a guy that, you know, he could be really valuable. If, if your team is doing okay, you don't have any injuries, maybe you can stash him. 
And like Vince said, around the bye week, maybe he takes over and you're getting a guy that's getting 15 carries and a couple dump offs. So, uh, yeah, it, it, the, 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 the Chicago Bears fantasy running back situation, it will probably be a lot more appealing if there was an injury, God forbid. I'm not, you know, but yeah, it would be, it would be more appealing. One of those guys, if somebody went down for a little while. Well, and Vincent, you made the great point too, as well with Deontay Foreman. I think what we would be banking on him from strictly a fantasy football perspective is touchdowns around the goal line. And we already know JF one is probably the preferred choice in that area. Oh yeah. Um, I think that I think that's his exact role as of right now, at least from without having seen anything from a camp, a camp or preseason. I would assume that you know, being the bigger the bigger guy in that running back room, he would be the number one option for on the goal line. Um, but like, also as you you both alluded to, every time he's got an opportunity as the lead back, he's performed. For Derrick Henry after they traded C, uh, CMC last year, he, he's performed. There's been you know, it's, it's, it's obviously a drop-off from Derrick Henry to Deontay Foreman and CMC to Deontay Foreman. But, you know, you pick him, if you pick him up in the pool, you know, you give him that one week to get his get his bearings, and then after that, you take off. But I had a question. Let's say, you know, Q hinted to this. Let's say there is a, God forbid, there is an injury to, to Herbert. Would you go pick up Deontay or do you go pick up RJ? Well, I'm an ass, so I'm taking them. I'm taking them both. <laughs> I'm taking them both and, and making everybody else in my fantasy group upset. I'm taking them both. Well, so that's dude. That's a that's a that's a great question because you would think conventional wisdom right now in June is that they'd give Deontay the first crack at it, right? Mm-hmm. And and that would be the whole thing of like, let's just give it to the guy who knows what he's doing and and blah blah blah. Um, but I, I, I'm so curious about this because let's move on and let's have the Roshan Johnson conversation. Field Yates, number 61, running back off the board, CVS 57, Roshan Johnson 62 off of rotoballer.com. That means 182 overall, a.k.a. at this time, Roshan Johnson is not a player who's going to be drafted in a standard league or you know one of the last picks in the draft maybe if you're doing a 16-round, 12-team draft. So... I mean, the one that I'm thinking about right now is, like, if I'm sitting here today, I mean, Quentin, like, if I'm sitting here, you know, like, you know, it's a special thing is that last pick in your fantasy draft. Um, For some people, they make it the kicker. Some people, they make it the defense. I've kind of moved off of that a little bit in the the last couple years. I've tried to do uh, defensive player. I'm sorry. I tried to do defense and kicker a round or two before, like, the second or third to last round. And then that last round I've reserved to a guy that I take, and he is just that scratch-off lottery ticket that honestly could either make me look really smart or he's a person that I can easily move off of and I'm not married to. If I need to make a quick waiver move, I'm not like married to some guy that I made in the draft and to have some sort of conviction on. Roshan Johnson kind of feels like my last pick in the draft kind of guy right now. The dude that maybe you just stash on your bench for a little while and hang out there. So I'm going to ask you guys both this question. Will you draft Roshan Johnson in fantasy drafts? Would you draft him or would you let him go to the waiver wire and play the game and then see if he, you know, gets some more time and then pick him up? How would you go about, how would you navigate that? You want to go first, man? Yeah. Um, see, this is, this is the benefit of drafting early before the hype sets in. 
You can get if you really believe in Roshan, you can get him dirt cheap right now. You can get him for free, to be honest. Um, I hate drafting this early just because you know it's so much uncertainty coming up. But you haven't even seen camp. Um, yeah. So preferably for me, I like to draft right after the last cuts. Um, would I draft Roshan if everything stays the same? Would I draft R- RJ? No. I, I will wait. I will bide my time. I would just you know keep 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 a spot. As you say, I would draft. I would have players on my team that I'm not married to, just just in case something happens and Roshan name starts ticking up. Easy cut. Let's go. RJ's up there. I'm really, I'm really ready to take him, but I'm not spending up draft capital on him. There's a difference. Quentin, hop in. Um, uh, dependent. See, this would be very dependent on my team makeup. If I've already got two strong backs and maybe a, 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 a third back, I would definitely take Roshan in, you know, the second to last or last round because I do feel like he is the most complete back. Yeah, I think he's, he's the most complete back in our running back room. We've never seen Foreman incorporated into the receiving game. I don't know if he's not a good receiver or his previous stops, they just didn't use him out, out the backfield. Um, Herbert has struggled in blocking, and, and that's, that's a red flag for a modern back because you're not asked to block a lot as a modern back. But that was one of, that's the big reason he didn't supplant David Montgomery despite being way more productive as a runner. So I don't know if those uh, blocking issues are going to resurface with Herbert. He was the guy that gave up the, uh, the block punt for a touchdown. I believe it was at the Dolphins game. One of the games, that was yeah. him. And that's why they ended up replacing him on um, – on the punt unit with uh the guy we had last year, Evans, also mm. from uh Tennessee. Darren so, Tennessee, uh, yeah. yeah, if if I were to draft a Chicago Bear running back, um, it would probably be Johnson. But it's depending on my team makeup. If I'm sitting there uh, round 15, round 16, however long your fantasy draft goes, I think RJ is, is, is a pretty good, safe pick with high upside. I would so, take him. Yeah. So yeah, in terms of Khalil Herbert, um, you know, he's saying all the right things right now. Uh, he's been talking about how he's been working on uh, a lot of different routines that improve his blocking. So most importantly, he says he's been doing a lot of boxing um, just to improve that initial punch. Because if I think if you're a running back, you know, it could come down to a technique. But if you're a guy maybe of smaller stature like Herbert, I think that initial stun with your hands probably buys him that extra point, whatever two three seconds. Um, to, you know, maybe make him a little bit more effective as a blocker because it is going to be important, right, where you're not going to have to be able – you're going to have to have Khalil Herbert out there in play-action down situations, something that I think the Chicago Bears want to excel at. There's a lot of really interesting numbers about how not only – we all know that JF1 excels in play-action, but there's a lot of great numbers out there about DJ Moore in play-action. There's a lot of great numbers out there about why Cole Komet was so successful last year was because he's not so great in man coverage, but when you get him into play action in man coverage, he can actually get open and exploit that thanks to Luke Getz's system and play design. So you got to have someone back there that's not going to make it an easy telegraph tell for the opposing defense uh, about who's back there and whether the person's going to be blocking or not. And I think that's going to be a huge factor for Cool Herbert, man. I'm right there with you. Um, and with Roshan Johnson, uh, let's just wrap it up on this then. You know, fantasy football aside, because this is going to be the key one, right? Is is Vincent? Is Roshan Johnson the number one player you're going to be wanting to watch in the tra- in exhibition games? 
Oh, because he's 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 my he's my number one by far. Because if he has a good exhibition, if he has a good preseason, then all of a sudden maybe he's the guy that you're drafting in fantasy. Oh, if he if he shows if he shows the flashes, uh, a la like you know Brees Hall did a couple of years ago in pre, in training camp and preseason. Uh, if he shows the flashes and he shows that he's on the field with the first team in actual uh in actual games in in train uh preseason, oh oh <laughs> he's jumping up he's jumping up far <laughs> he's jumping up past where they got Clear Herbert now like what you say like yeah. week thirty two yeah. he's getting up into, into yeah. the twenties he he's a top he's a round five around yeah. yeah I'm definitely watching him and you know him by a mile that's the person who I keep my eyes on. Uh, yeah, Quentin. I mean, I just want to get your take on that one too. Uh, the guy that you're uh, most looking forward to watching in the preseason. Uh, it is going to be Roshan, but I'll be watching the preseason games to see actually what he doesn't do. If he has a good training camp, and we're not seeing him in the preseason games, that's a telltale sign that they got a big role for him. So if I, like Vince said, if I see him in, uh, getting first team reps in training camp and then come preseason games. I don't see much of him, but I see more of Foreman or more of Herbert. Then I'm that might be the sign that maybe they've got big plans for Johnson and don't want to risk him in preseason games. So um, I'll be watching the training camp, but I'll be also watching preseason games to see how they use him and how many carries he gets and if he's being seem like he's being preserved. So that will be my telltale sign, almost how much they don't use him. Yeah, and the speed at the NFL level. I want to see him on the edge. You know what I mean? Is, is he clearing that edge against NFL defenders? And uh, it could make for a really interesting situation, specifically in fantasy football come late August. This was the Bear Claw Podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out, tuning in with us in June. We are inching closer to week one of the NFL season, so thank you so much for checking out this episode. My name is Joey Christopoulos. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy. Vincent Saunders, you can follow him at the Real Payday. Quentin, man, do you have socials? What do you? What's your social, man? What do you? Plug, plug something, dude. You can uh, find me at Facebook, Quentin L, or Instagram, O H underscore G G E underscore Q Q U E. You find me there. Boom, he did it. Thank you so much for checking out this episode, you guys. Uh, we're gonna be back next week with more stuff as we move along. Talking fantasy football, talking Chicago Bears news. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like the show, tell a friend. Come on back. And, uh, hey, it's June. Keep bearing down. We're getting closer, guys. Get 89 days. So close. 89 days. You're, this is a new thing. You're calling it now every time.